Hey, this is Shelly Mathis from Shelly Mathis Counseling Service. And if you have real life situations you want help with, you should listen to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole, with my very good friend, Nicole Goodman. being transparent about life struggles and sharing solutions and resources is the only way to bring us together as a community and as a country. Welcome back to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole. This is your girl, Nicole Goodman. Um, and we are here today with, I want to keep saying Dr. Shelly Mathis. Uh, she's, she has her master's, but calling a master just seems a little bit precocious. And miss, just don't hit it. So uh, <laughs> Shelly Mathis is a licensed professional clinical counselor. And um, she you know, helps people with a plethora of issues, psychotherapy and uh, people dealing with traumas and substance abuse. Um, so if, if this is you, if this is someone that you know, this is definitely the show for you so that, you know, you can understand that, uh, you know, there is help uh, for people that deal with these things uh, like I do. And I've, I found great help in the uh, psychotherapy industry for two decades now. And I definitely, um, if you're dealing with issues, you know, we can't deal with things on our own. It's, we're, we're taught and told to, uh, you know, what goes on in my house, state is in my house. And so we're reluctant to ask for help, but uh, we need help and help is out there um, with people like Shelly Mathis. So without further ado, Welcome to the show, Shelly Mathis. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Nicole. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you for being on here. I appreciate it. I do. Absolutely. I had to. Um, we met by chance mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, which is nowhere. I've been meeting a lot of wonderful people. But you reached out to me um, about my book. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Let's 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 talk about how that got started before we even get into talking more about you. I love it. I love it. I reached out to you because, as you told the listeners, I'm a clinical therapist. So I had a client and the client was going through some issues with helping her brother go to the next level. And but what was happening was was she was enabling the brother. So she was always um she wasn't teaching him how to fish. She was mm -hmm. always giving him a fish, giving him a fish. And he was always, you know, really leeching onto her. Mm -hmm. 
So I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. You got to, I'm going to find you some information on this because you have got to stop because a couple of things was happening was she was losing her job, losing her mind. She was very anxious all the time. And her, every time her brother would call, she would start, her stomach would start, you know, uh, bubbling because she knew Mm -hmm. something, there was something that he wanted from her that she knew that, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. So long story, long story medium. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry about that. Long story medium. What happened was, is that I was going through LinkedIn and all of a sudden I came up on your book, get your own damn fish. And I started laughing. I said, bingo, bingo, bingo. (laughs) So that's when I got your book and I um, bought the book mm-hmm. and I put it on my Kindle and I read some of the stuff in there. I was like, oh yeah, this girl got to get the book. So I referred her to get the book so we can have our lessons mm-hmm. on the book from okay. the book's point of view. And that's how you and I linked up because I told you, I said, this book is awesome. It was so awesome. The stuff in there, I was like, this is what this girl is, doing. <laughs> this is, what this girl is going through. So that's how you and I began to uh, communicate. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, when I, I got that message from you, I was blown away. You oh, know, wow. Just you, she said, would you consider a, writing a workbook? I need a workbook mm-hmm. to accompany this. I'm like, you want a workbook mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on how to, uh, a how to book on how I figured out how to figure out my life. <laughs> that was crazy. That was crazy. So, you know, let's let's talk more about you. We're going to get we're going to get to to that because that continued. That is continuing to evolve as a phenomenal story about yeah. what you do and, and what I do and how we came together on doing it. But I want to talk more about you first. Uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in a small town outside 26 miles outside of Cleveland, Ohio, which is called Elyria. hmm. When I tell you it's a small town, it's a small town. Um, everybody knew who's who in the zoo, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I went to a, a school called Illyria High School. And um, it was a fun, I had a fun childhood. Trust and believe me, I had a fun childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is the school, the only school that's the east of the um, Allegheny, they call it. So mm-hmm. um, it's an original, the brick of it is original, mm. you know, added on everything everything else but yeah that's where I grew up it's funny that uh you grew up 26 miles away from where I was born raised and served and grew up in Cleveland Mm. Ohio and Mm -hmm. we didn't meet until we were 4,500 miles apart (laughs) (laughs) right so um what uh before you got into the this this industry uh what other types of jobs have you worked uh, the other types of jobs was I was a liaison. I remember um, in my 20s, I was a liaison for the city for people to get jobs. So they had jobs and a job service. And so I was the one who would go out to the different companies or the, the organizations and agencies and talk to them and say, hey, we have workers. We're training them. We're giving their resume. We're training them on the basics would you mind taking on some of our clients? And that's how um, me talking in front of people really kind of started about, you know, would you, could you, and the rejection and learning how to handle rejection. Cause a lot of them didn't want that. A lot of them, because the people, the kids that we were dealing with were at risk kids. 
So okay. we, uh, we were trying to get them some type of skill. So that way they could, they can work. At least they can have a work pro because the school had a work program. Mm-hmm. So you can school half time and then work. And so these kids that were at risk, we were like, well, you know what? They're not doing well in school. However, we can get them a job, which would give them an incentive to go to school because you couldn't you couldn't keep your job if you didn't go to school. Right. And then we're getting both. So that's how that happened. Then I did my um, I, I worked at Burger King. OK, with my sister at the age of 13, all the way to 16. And that's when I got the other job. But I worked at Burger King under my sister's uh, tutelage. Uh, God rest her soul. And girl. I, she worked me like a dog, but let me tell you about that. She worked me, she worked me that way because, and she gave me hours. Uh-huh. She wasn't favoring me, uh-huh. but it kept me off the streets. Uh-huh. So when there were parties going on on the weekend and she found out parties was happening, what was Shelly doing? I was working three or four shifts through the weekend. So that way I couldn't go to the party. Yeah, <sighs> but I could make some money. I'm telling you, that's why I said my childhood was so funny, but she kept an eye on me because my mom worked three jobs. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have, I was the baby of five. And so my, my mom, she worked three jobs. And the thing about it is, is that we didn't see our mother uh, much because my mother, my father got a divorce when I was eight. So we didn't see our mother much. So my sister, Lisa, she literally took on the mothering, the, the mothering piece for me. Wow. And she bought clothes, she bought my, if I needed books, if I needed um, pencils or whatever, she was the one who did that for me. She taught me how to drive. She told me about my menstrual. She did all of that for me because mm. my mom was working. So in order to keep it, keep me up and to make sure I didn't get in no trouble, Nicole, she got me that job. And guess what? She knew where I was all the time. At all times. At all times. At that, all times. That is yeah. a... That is sister love right there. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, that's beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. What about your family dynamic? Are you married? I was married. Mm -hmm. I was married for 23 years um, uh, to a guy that he was wonderful when he was wonderful. But Mm -hmm. then he when he wasn't wonderful, he was wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, God rest his soul because he passed away last year. But he was my best friend. You hear what I'm saying? You know, sometimes you can be married and then the marriage thing don't work. But then when you finally un- unhook commitment mm-hmm. and in who you are, because we lose, we as women and men, but we, I'm going to speak from a women's perspective. We mm-hmm. lose ourselves in the relationship of being connected. Now mm-hmm. I'll always tell people, I don't care anything about your marriage because as long as that piece of paper says you and them are married, you're going to be married. What I care about is your relationship. Right. Okay. Because that's exactly what marriage is. It's a relationship. Right. So our relationship started going rocky. He was uh, an airman. He was a sergeant in um, in the Air Force. And, you know, we we had our ups and we had our downs. And then, you know, I divorced at 20 uh, for 23 years, had two got two beautiful children. Um, Martella Monique. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> and and then when my sister passed, I, I got another baby, Tylee's. Hey, hey. <laughs> I got another child, Elena. Hey, Elena. Oh, that's a house for that's a lot of beautiful women going on. Girl, let me tell you. So um, so I was married. Now, you know, now I feel like I'm a widow because everybody said you two were always married, you mm-hmm. know. Or so yeah, yeah. I had a great he was great when he was great. 
All right. But you just realized you were better as friends. And sometimes that. Oh, yeah. That works. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I always think about that, like uh, my husband, you know, my husband passed away suddenly two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, since I really don't meet strangers, uh, I feel like I've been on this planet a hundred times already because I've met everybody. So when I see you again, it's like, hey, how you doing? Long time no see. We never right. saw each other. No. Oh, OK. But uh, <laughs> it seems like, yeah, David and I just kind of showed up at life in the same, you know, in separate cars and decided to carpool and kept on going. And we were instant well, friends and, you know, went from nice to meet you to I do in 16 months and we're best friends until he died. We didn't have our first argument till uh, after our first anniversary. <laughs> wow. wow. Yep. Yep. So um, you had this Burger King job and then you wound up as a liaison. Now, mm-hmm. how did how did that transition to becoming a li- liaison to help other people, other kids get work? Well, you know what? I had to get out of Burger King because I knew that wasn't going to be who I was. Right. And, and so I went looking and my cousin, James, mm-hmm. who was administrator there, told me that they had a job. And he wanted me to go ahead and basically he said, look, the job is yours because mm-hmm. I put your name. The, the job is yours. Just go. And I went. The job was mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's the end of that story. And I stayed right. with that job for two years. I think it was two two years mm-hmm. because the funding got cut because you okay. know how that is. Yes. The funding got cut. And so I had to move on. So after, <clears throat> excuse me, after that job, I worked for um, uh, National Reader Service selling <laughs> selling magazines girl mm-hmm. to people who I know they didn't want it and <laughs> I, listen this is so funny because I got tired I remember going to that job and I worked like six months there six or seven months and I knew this wasn't for me because even if the person said no we had a sheet with rebuttals mm-hmm. and it didn't matter if they said they couldn't afford to go to the can't afford sheet overcoming and, objections girl yes yes <laughs> I got so, and then they listen to you. Remember now, your, your people are listening to you while you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got so fed up. I said, these people don't want these books. So I remember a couple of them was like, no, we don't. And it's us. funny because you was down the street. That might've been me hanging up on you that one time. It I'm sorry. <laughs> it might've been, it might've been. Girl, the one lady said, I don't, I don't want the book. Or da, da, da. I said, okay, you don't have to have it. And I understand this and that girl immediately. They called me after I hung up. This is the same day. Called me after I hung up and said, you can't do that. You know, you got you got to sell these books. Go to the rebuttal. Blase, blase. I said, mm-hmm, okay. Girl, the next call came in. Next call came in. And the lady's like, you know what? I really can't afford it. This and that. I said, you know what? I know what you mean. Because these books, you could not cancel. They were mm. for life. You could only change them. But you couldn't cancel. You hear what I said? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I said, you know what? And this is what I said to the lady. I said, you know what? If I were you, I forgot I was on somebody else was listening. I said, if I were you, if we if we um, call you again, you hang up on them. And if they keep doing it, then you report them. Girl, they came out of the office on me. <laughs> now, uh, they walked me out of the office, girl. They walked me out of that office. They was like, oh no, we can't have you. Like, oh cool. So after that job, um, <laughs> My grandmother said, you need to go back to school. <laughs> she said, you need to go back to school. And actually, she paid for my first year. And mm-hmm. She outpaid for my first year. 
Yeah. So happy. She paid for the books. She paid for everything. Still didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I just went ahead with a with a major associate's degree in, in communications and and arts. That's what mm-hmm. I got. And and from there, I hear your dog. You hear my dog barking. Hold yeah. on. I, hold on a second. I did mute myself when I did that, right? Yeah, you okay, did. Okay, good. Like, oh, All right. Good. <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah, see, what uh, the listeners don't know is that, we, you know, this is a Zoom meeting. We are looking, you know, I, we actually can see each other's face. And I know you just heard me yell at my caretaker, like, get these dogs out of here. <laughs> so, but, you know what, what? What I did notice, you know, in, in this whole pattern is that you had, family members that you know helped to put you in positions and you know some people say well you know she had help and and the plagiarism this that and the other but please notice that uh she may have been helped to put in these positions but you was working you got in new jobs and grinded oh yeah oh yeah absolutely and what I had to do was what people don't understand is if an uncle or aunt or whoever gets you the job, it's up to you to keep it and maintain it. Absolutely. And all I needed was a door open. That's all I needed. I was like, just give me a door. Just give me a door. And that's all I want. And guess what? I got the door. You and did. I did. It. And I went through it. And I did. And I worked hard. Right. I was there on time. I overworked. I made sure I did everything I was supposed to do right. other than thinking that, oh, my uncle gave me this job. I ain't got to do nothing. No. Right. No. Right. So there's, that is a huge difference between uh, enabling and yeah. assisting, you know, like you were talking about your, your, one of your clients that has a brother that every time he, you know, had his hand out and his mouth open, like a bird, she'd feed mm-hmm. him and, and help him. But he wasn't taking that and doing things on his own. You took advantage a full advantage of the assistance that you mm-hmm. got. And um, not only, you know, stood up to those positions, but made the person that you that helped you out proud to be able to say, well, yeah, I got her the job and she worked. Right. You know? right. So that's where Get Your Own Damn Fish came from. Oh, I love the that. Title, that's where the title came from, um, because I was kind of at a crossroads between those two situations. I, I got mm-hmm. my jobs on my own. You know, I started working for the city of Cleveland when I was 16. And then uh, as a lifeguard, and then when the position for mm. police officer came up, I took that and, you know, ran with it. But I noticed that everybody was, oh, Nikki, help, Nikki, help, Nikki, help. Mm. And then when I got into multi-level marketing and I'm like, well, here's something that we can all do together. And y'all know I make responsible decisions because, you know, I was a cop and a lifeguard and I saved lives for a living. So let's all work together. And it was uh well when you get on then but when you get rich I said you know what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no y'all get your own damn fish I ain't giving y'all <laughs> <laughs> that's how that happened so um and yeah. <laughs> I promise I you it. and um so you said when you were in college and you still wasn't sure what you wanted to do and you was just mm-hmm. pretty much taking classes what was I'm- the aha moment the aha moment this is how you know 
This is how you know when God is in it. Let me tell you, this is how you know that he is directing you. The aha moment came when I was graduating. Um, and I still was kind of weary on what to do, you know. You and got I this never, degree and you still don't know what you do. Okay. I still didn't know what I really wanted to do with it. And I remember my counselor, Janice Stevens Brown. I'll never forget this woman, pure Catholic. And it was three days before the graduation. She calls me up and tells me I needed to get to her office ASAP. It was a Wednesday morning. And I said, okay. She said, hurry up and get here. And I said, okay. That's not ominous at all. Hello. And I said, um, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, no, wait a minute. I'm not going to graduate. I done sent this stuff out to the people. My mind was messed up by the time I got to her office. So she comes in and she said, first, I want you to forgive me. And I said, "Mm mm-hmm. And she said, well, have a seat in this chair. So she sat me in the middle of the room and she sat there and she said, listen, this has never, ever happened to me in my life. She said, I'm a pure Catholic. She said, and I've been a Catholic for over uh, 20 years and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, what's, come on, tell me why I'm here. Get to the point. Right? Hello. She said, last night, she said, two nights ago, I was sleeping. She said, and the Lord said your name, Shelly Mathis. And he kept saying Shelly Mathis. She says, so I get up and I look through my roster of people and there's your name. And she was like, okay, what in the world is going on? She said, okay. She didn't hear nothing else. She said she went back to sleep. And then the Lord woke up again and says, Shelly Mathis, get up. And she got up and then she said, okay. And she said that the Lord told her to go to the computer and look up this program that they had going on at, um, it's called Emerge Ministries or Ashland Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a program. And he said, put all her information in there, like oh, everything, send everything. He told her, send everything. And she did it that day, that night, she got everything and she sent it. But the forgiving part was she, um, she didn't get my permission. She had to say, as- yeah, she had to say your name. Hello, hello. She didn't get my permission, right? So I'm like, okay. And she said, Shelly, I know this is where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be in counseling. She said, the Lord showed it to me. He showed me how great you were going to be. She said, and I went ahead and did it. And I followed the Lord. And she said, let me tell you, this program was ending. And the program was, they chose two people from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Go into the program where you can skip your bachelor's and go straight into your master's. Stop and so it. I, uh-huh. And so- when she sent it in there, the dean on the other side said, we're so glad that you sent your information because this is the last time we're doing the program. Well, guess what happened? I got chosen and another young lady from Dublin, Ohio got chosen. Mm. Okay. It gets better. So we get in there. I get, I go to this program and, and, and all this other wonderful stuff, blah, 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 blah. Girl, I get the program. So the girl who I was riding with, she says, you know, I can't do a master's. I can't do five years in a master's program. I said, neither. I can't either. I said, Lord, I don't know what you got me in here for, but I can't do five years. You know, mm. girl goes home. She goes and she starts mapping out. I mean, literally spent all night mapping out how to do this in less than five years. Well, guess what? Long story medium, she did. So mm-hmm. it's us in this program. And so she gets up in the uh, lunchroom and she says, hey, how many of y'all feel like you got, you you know, uh, feel like you have, you don't have five years to do this. And the hands went up and, you know, and it's like, yeah, she said, what if I told you I found a way that we could do this program in 18 months? Yeah, it gets better. <laughs> and um, 
how many of y'all would come with us? Only five hands raised. She said, you five come with me, including herself. It was just total of five of us. Mm-hmm. So she, she said it was going to be hard, blah, 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 this and that, the third. But if we work together, this and that, we're going to take classes together. We did a long story medium again. Guess what? Graduated in 18 months with a master's degree that was supposed to take you five years. <laughs> this is how you know. This Ooh. is how you know. This is how you know. So, and, and it was so funny because when I went up to get my diploma, the president says to me, and I'm shaking his hand, I'm smiling. He said, this will never happen again. And I said, well, it happened already. Bye-bye. At <laughs> that part. Girl, I said, uh, bye-bye. I, walked, I shouted myself on down that little aisle, girl. I was like, yes. Okay, so all that happened, internship turned into a, a wonderful thing with, with the apple applewood it turned into greatness and and then all of a sudden I had to stop because my mom she got in a car accident so I had to take care of my mom for two years mm-hmm. couldn't work or anything and so then I got back on my feet and and then my girlfriend she said Shelly there's a job opening at this one place um you can go she said and I told the woman already about you just go do the interview la 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 did the interview got the job and I was doing um, children. I was uh, in children, children, adolescents, uh, uh, drug addict children, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so I had a promotion to what was called the key, which was the women. Okay. And then after that, I said, I can't keep doing this for the rest of my life. I got promoted to family therapist. Then mm-hmm. I said, okay, okay, okay. Here's a promotion, promotion, but it still wasn't making no money. I got a call from a person in Cleveland who mm-hmm. knew a woman had an agency, a, a Northern Ohio recovery agency. Mm-hmm. And I go, I do the interview and everything. I got the job as a program manager there. From there, it's the Lord allowed me to write their curriculum, write the program, the whole nine girl. Wow. I wrote everything in their program. What they were doing was what I put on paper and it worked. Retention went down, money was coming in, this and that and the third to you know, some people start getting greedy. Right. I'm saying it because I just don't care. It just is what it is. You know. It is. You know, and we people of color sometimes feel entitlement. And we and what happens is because we have our own, guess what? Then I'm going to get greedy. And she got greedy. Okay. <sighs> but I told the Lord, I said, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I got to be on my own. The doors open for me to have my own private practice. I left that place and never looked back. And that, <laughs> and she grabs her glass with that, ladies and gentlemen, drops the mics and takes a swig. Hello, trying to tell you something. I can imagine just how uh, how scary all of that had to be for you. Oh, mm-hmm. um, but having the support of people who believed in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That right there by itself, because sometimes you lose, you lose interest in you. Mm-hmm. Hear what I said? Sometimes we lose interest in ourselves. Right. So when I, if I lose interest in myself, that means that I've lost, I lost the will for my purpose to perform. Right. Hmm. That was that powerful. It- I lost, I lost it. And that's what was happening during some rocky times was like, okay, I lost my will. I lost my purpose to perform. I've got to get back. I got to get back on track. 
how did you how did you get back on track? How did you push past that you know, feeling of loss? Um, when I got into the private practice, which was a godsend, I got into the private practice and I got under tutelage of a wonderful woman, um, Pastor Gwen Gilmore. Gwen Gilmore, I love her. Mm. She made my way easy. But the other thing that she did, she taught me how to, when I come in, because where my office was, was adjacent, was you can walk through and she had her sanctuary and her daycare there. Mm -hmm. Beautiful place. And where I was there, she taught me how to go in before I went and seen any clients and get on my knees and start praying. Mm -hmm. Pray for my days, pray for, you know, open doors, pray for release, pray for different things. This was a woman who knew me, but really didn't know me, know me. But mm -hmm. I was under her tutelage, I think from, yeah, from 2013 to 2000. Uh, I think I was there for five to seven, six years or something like that. Somewhere about seven years, five years or something like that. I was under her tutelage and mm -hmm. she supported me. Times I needed to cry. Right. Times I thought that my family wasn't there. She was there for me. She was, when I couldn't pay the rent, mm, wow, for me, girl, listen, wow. that's these me? relationships and mentorships that, you know, I always talk about, mm. about how important it is. And one of my, uh, one of my philosophies is don't follow somebody who ain't following somebody because they just making it up. And, um, and I'm sure you could sit down with Gwen and say, well, who are some of your mentors? And she'll be able to point <laughs> out this person and that person and this person and that person that. Um, she probably still follows and, and still mm -hmm. reads up on and, and still gives props to. Mm -hmm. She yeah. was a, she was a mathematical, I call Miss Gwen mathematical genius because she, mm. um, she was a dean of uh, LCC for their math program. Mm -hmm. And this woman knew numbers up and down, but the other thing she knew was God. And mm -hmm. she still knows them to this day. Mm -hmm. And she still keeps in contact with me. Her and her husband, they still figure out, okay, what you doing? How you doing? What's happening? What can we do? And she'll always ask me, what can I do for you? So in What's your, it, even in your experience, you're, you still reach out to your mentors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Put a pen in it, people. Mentorship is so important. Every time at, I have, uh, you know, when I was in the most level marketing, um, and I've always gravitated towards the the teacher or somebody in the room, mostly because as a kid, I would get beat up because I was a half white child in a black neighborhood. So <laughs> to get next to the teacher, you either had to be in trouble or the best student in the class. Mm -hmm. And so I don't like trouble. I don't like I don't like I don't uh -huh. like being scolded to this day. Let's talk about it. Let's let's figure out how we can compromise But <laughs> to to get my protection, quote in air quotes on the radio. Uh, you know, I, I would get my work done first and stay close to the teacher. So I followed that all the way through, you know, through like multi-level marketing and stuff. And to this day, even though I'm not active in that, um, in that area, I still have my uh, legal shield websites, but everything, some drop, I'm calling my mentors from them, like, Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, and still asking for advice and still accepting more mentors because I've been reaching out to you this entire time and writing the book. I've never written a workbook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Girl. That was you fun. Did, oh, you did it. You did it. 
Man, we banged that out so fast. I, <laughs> you know what shocked me beyond anything, Shell, is you didn't ask for a single revision. Mm. Everything I, when I sent you, I did the first chapter and I sent it to you just to make sure, okay, is, mm-hmm. is, this, is this, this the right course is what she want? And she said, yep, keep going. <laughs> yep. And I was expecting something. And so I got to the end of the fourth chapter and I'm like, okay, well, I'm stuck on the last one. And you said, sounds good. Yep. Check in the Proverbs. Keep going. And I'm like, <laughs> It'll help. <laughs> the help is you're doing good. Keep going. Yeah. And then I finished the book. He was like, I love it. Print it. Right. All right. That was fun. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, I'm excited. It's in it's it's uh, in formatting right now, so it will be uh, on Amazon in three days by Wednesday. Yes, yes. Yeah, folks will be able to to get it, and then and then I can't wait to see you upgrade your your website. And yes, you know, yes, because you know I'm gonna do it right. Yes, yes. yes. And I'm still, if there are, if we have any charm makers out there listening, I have keeps. Uh, I've been submitting my uh, the logo, the fish logo, to like four different uh, companies that do custom charms, and no one's gotten back to me. Mm. Like, what? Well, y'all don't want to make this money because you know. Okay. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh. Um, when with your new change and um, doing the uh, in psychology and stuff, did you find yourself in bigger social networking um, circles? Did your circle change? Absolutely, my circle changed a lot, and it changed to bouginess. <laughs> Please explain it. I'm gonna explain it. It's because when you get around people who are in the psychological arena and the theories arena and they they they've uh they've they've been to hear different theorists and uh-huh. um they know the theorists granddaughters and all this other stuff it becomes more of who you know you mm. know name dropping mm. so what i have because and again remember i said you can lose yourself easily in relationships we can yes. lose ourselves and, and it's just not marriages or anything but in relationships period and i found myself like mm, i don't want to be around them you know what i'm saying because i started losing who i was i'm like i don't care about your great great son or whoever been with skinner and you know all these other different theorists and stuff i'm thinking to myself no i'm eclectic Mm-hmm. Okay, use all different types of interventions, you know, point blank period. You know, I can use Rogers, Carl Rogers one minute. And the next thing I know, I use Shelly Mathis the next one because I got my own stuff going. Right. You know? So uh, my circle changed to I it, at first it changed to, oh, I want to be up here with these people mm-hmm. to the Lord was like, no, 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 no. You're losing who you are. So you right. just need to be you and stick with you. So my, I don't, I don't have, um, I have like five people on my hand that I deal with. Okay. As far as, uh, in this industry, um, 
And they all have different uh, mindsets, if you will. And I like that because I don't want one person, yeah, yeah, go, go. I don't want an analytical person. I don't want an intellectual person, but I need all of them that if I send you something or if I give you something, I need to hear everybody's point of view. So that way I can look at it as a whole and get everybody's point of view. And now we're on the right track because then it'll make sense to me. Right. Even my circle. My circle, which includes you now. Hey, hey, (laughs) you know, I only have again, I have five people in my circle and I need those five people to have their own mindsets, because when I bring something to you, I don't want you to be like, yeah, yeah. Oh, girl, you crazy. That ain't going to work or whatever. No, I don't need that. I need everybody's opinion and how I see mindset. I need to see all of that. You know what I'm saying? So, um to answer your question is, yeah, everything changed for me. Everything changed for me. And then let me tell you too, is I found out in this particular arena, people are very territorial Mm -hmm. and that organizations and businesses and stuff are so territorial. I remember one time I had to let an organization know, um, because they were like, well, you know, we're not referring people and this and that and the third, you know, if people come through our door, we're going to want them to come through our door and go through our program. I said, you know what, that's the bad attitude to have. And so I took them to Samaria. I took them to, you know, when um, the good Samaritan, when mm-hmm. the good Samaritan man on the road, he could have easily took them back to his camp. Mm-hmm. But guess what? He didn't. He took them somewhere else where he could, where they can get help. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I said, that's number one. Number two is there's, a, and I'm going to say it, there's a whole lot of sick people in this world for everybody to help. And you know what the thing about it is when you, when you speak on the Good Samaritan, you know, what a lot of people, do, if those of you who don't know that story and just know that a Good Samaritan stopped, what they don't know was that a couple of people with those, in those yes. different limited beliefs, because you, um, I, was t- I was reading through you know, what you do and who you are and you have, you help identify limiting beliefs and outmoded coping mm-hmm. mechanisms. So mm-hmm. these people in these limited beliefs walked past that, yes, that person on the street that needed help. But That's if it. they had expanded, if they expanded their, um, their mindset, like you were saying from this limited belief, like, yeah, this belief that I have is good for me, but it might not work for someone else, then they would have been able to offer that person help. But instead they walked past and left them laying in the street. Mm, so you got to be open-minded. That's um, right. That's about good. Offering the help. That's good. And that's one thing for me is I don't take all clients because if I think I can't do it, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to sit there and play with that client because they got insurance. Who cares? Right. I want them to get the help that they need. I could care less. I have pro bono clients that I see now. Because they need the help, you know, because it's not about the dollars. It's about them making sense. Yeah. It's about them making sense. Okay. And I'm pointing to my head right now, Uh you know, so you want some people to make sense. You want some people to, to, to be relevant in their own world or in this world period. So that's what it's about. Yeah. I, um, you know, in our culture, we don't often ask for the help that we need. We got that, you know, like I said, that limiting uh, what goes on in my house stays in my house. You grow up like that and it evolves to into uh, deal with your own problems at home and not asking for help. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, then we talk to our girlfriend, we talk to our people, we go to the bar, we have, we talk about these issues over drinks and, you know, with other people that have their own limiting beliefs. And you just wind up circulating the same bad information versus reaching out to someone like you. Um, And I've had a psychologist for 20 years and people go, what? You know, you you talk to a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And a sister told me that I was stupid for talking to Mm -hmm. a psychologist, that I should be smart enough uh, to figure it out on my own. But understand to please be smart enough to know when you need help. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. For yeah. real, Nicole, that's what it's all about. When, when you can't deal with life on life terms, mm-hmm. you need someone who can help you to deal and to cope. You need yeah. that. You need that. To, to me, having uh, someone like you to come and talk to, um, it, it gave, I was, it gave me an outlet to where I know that not only, you know, I'm not just like, I could, I used to like to go to the lake and sit there, you know, you would tell all your problems to the lake, but there would be no opinion coming back, you know, or mm-hmm. no, not necessarily opinion, but no advice or a referral or information. But when I had appointments with my psychologist, I knew that that was somewhere that I could go, that I can get all of this crap off my chest and have mm-hmm. one, you know, have someone not analyze me, not judge me, not look at me like I'm crazy, but uh, take that information and be able to process it to hear, uh, to, to guide me to the help that I need. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. I needed a book. Uh, I remember about 15 years ago with the psychologist that I, that I had, I was having this woe is me moment. Like, you know, I grew up in this crazy household with my mom that's a prostitute and, and drugs and, and kids picking on the little yellow girl and putting gum in my hair and well if I had been born to somebody that had you know that could nurture my all this other good stuff and he said um he uh referred me to a book called Tuesdays with Maury mm. and that gave me such a different outlook on mm. you know who I am and why I was born to, 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 you know, where I am, you know, had I been born to somebody that had the money to, to do that, to do whatever it was that I needed done, I may not have had the wherewithal to push through certain situations to be able to get to the point to today, I'm able to write a book and write a workbook to tell people yeah. how to get through their situations. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's, yeah. It's, we just had to have a yeah mm-hmm moment. <laughs> yeah. You got to think about that. You know, that's a, a Hebrew word called sila, means pause and heavily think about that. So mm-hmm. that was a sila moment, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I agree. So, what are some of the techniques that um, you use to help people break through their limiting coping mechanisms? I think the best technique that I do use is meeting the client where they're at. A lot of times we sit in that chair, in our chairs uh, as psychologists, psychiatrists, clinical counselors, social workers, mm-hmm. social workers, and they're looking at us to have all the answers. And some people feel like they do when they sit in that chair and that mm-hmm. other person there. And, um, I like to meet the client where they're at. If they if they're talking about, you know, they're not eating, they can't eat because they don't have any money, they don't, you know, they don't have hardly no clothes, their kids, 
I'm, I'm not going to sit here and give you uh, cognitive behavioral therapy on that. What I'm going to do is look up some resources that's going to help you to, to fish, if you will. How about that? <laughs> How about that? How about that? I'm going to help you to get those resources. Um, but some of the things that I do, I do uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is the number one um, that I do. I love it. I love it. I love it because there's a proverb in the Bible that says whatsoever a man thinketh, so is he. Mm-hmm. So it's whatever you're thinking. Thoughts you become, become things. Yeah. Thoughts become things. Oh, you're what we think about, we bring about. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a wonderful yeah. philosophy. Uh, because whether, whether you're spiritual or whether you're, mm-hmm. uh, you're etherical, where you're connected with the earth and the universe, it doesn't, right. it's the same philosophy. What you yes. think about, you bring about, about your mindset. I like that. And so I do that. I do, um, man, uh, solution focused therapies. Uh, I do, um, what's you the solution focused therapy? Solution focus is when you let that client think back on some of the things that has happened to them and we come up with certain solutions that now we can actually use. So sometimes they go back into their childhood or they go back into their teenager or they go back to three or four months ago and figure out what happened, why they lost a job. And it could be because of the way that they were thinking. So now you see how CBT comes into play um, with that motivational interviewing motivational interviewing I do that on my kids all the time uh that's been right I know that's so wrong but it's so right even with motivational interviewing you know you can look at stages of change with people and where they're at but with that motivational interviewing allows the person to seek out the answer for themselves Mm. that you're not giving them the fish if you will Mm -hmm. but there's out how to fish their own self mm-hmm. amen I look right. and so um but that's one um let's see uh for criminals or criminal mm-hmm. think minds I do um what is called um reality therapy and reality therapy is, is exactly that you just came out of jail you about to go back in if you don't stop this da, 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 this mm-hmm. and that and So to take that deeper look into themselves at what their own patterns are and what it is that they're thinking about that keeps bringing about the same situation. Exactly. Because it's a cycle that makes you go psycho. Okay. That part. (laughs) (laughs) I can't with you. Uh I I can't and I won't and I will not. So there's so many things that I do with these people. I mean, it's just guided therapy and um, in vivo, which is, you know, especially for people, uh, some people that have PTSD um, or traumas. I do trauma care. So there's so many that I do. It's just like I said, you have to be eclectic with your clients because you just can't say I do CBT and don't do trauma. But wonder if they, that trauma was how they were thinking that caused them to get in that position. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So you got you to gotta connect dots. And that's what I think it is all about. Listen, I think counseling is connecting the right, connecting the dots for the client, but also connecting the interventions and or the therapy that mm-hmm. needs to be for the client when they're, excuse me, when they're telling you their story. Right. You could be sitting there like, hmm, I can use this. 
I probably have to use that, whatever. So you are a psychotherapist detective. It sounds like that's the same techniques that I used as a crime scene investigator when you got to get there and assess the situation and kind of see where it starts. Okay, well, yeah, I see the damage over here, but let's back up to see where it started, you know, to try to find the evidence. Girl, this, like and, and it's, it's amazing that as you're explaining these different steps, I see those questions and statements in the book. I said, no wonder <laughs> she was, <laughs> you know, like you said, when you know that you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it feels right. It flows right. Mm-hmm. And you sleep better. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Trust and believe me. I'm I'm so excited about our connection. I cannot even. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, even even with this podcast thing, Shelly, I had no idea that doing a podcast was so much work. Mm. But um, when you know, you know, when certain things fold out, um. And things have continued to unfold in order for me to continue offering the services uh, on a much wider scale than I was going house to house and business to business, Mm -hmm. knocking on the door myself. So being able to offer you and your services to our listeners uh, is such an honor. Such an honor. Uh, Give your website, please, again. My website is so long, but I'm going to give it anyway. Mm-hmm. Make sure they know how to spell Shelly. Yes, it's www.shellymathis. I'm going to go through it. Um, smcsministries.org. So Shelly is spelled S-H-E-L-L-E-M as in Mary, another M-A-T-H-I-S-S-M-C-S-Ministries.com. And I love it that long because if you really want it, then guess what? You'll you see it come and get it. Yeah, I've heard so many people tell me, you need to shorten that. No, I don't. I'm <laughs> going to keep it just like that. And you know what? Here, here, Here's a, the uh, upswing about technology today. I just put Shelly Mathis in Google and it popped, Uncle Google popped up with all those links. <laughs> so, you know, to help you all find her because she's also on LinkedIn, which is um, how we met. And there's, you know, great ways to connect with her there. Um, there's Shelly Mathis Ministries there. Uh, you had a phenomenal work, uh, write-up in, was it Psychotherapy Today or Psychologist Today? You can find all, all – you are also – a uh you also write direct and produce films yes i do lift them up productions let's talk there about that part yeah lift them up that's my baby now that one 28 is years you've been around with that thing come on lift them up yeah lift them up productions is where i'm able to therapist myself is to get some things off of me so i do i write and produce and um we um we were traveling for a moment, but then we had to stop, not just because of COVID, but because my business and other businesses started um, needing my attention more. And so basically I can write a play. Mm-hmm. I can write 
commercials. I can write and do voiceovers in Lift Them Up Productions. I've done a lot of voiceovers for many different companies and things like that under Lift Them Up. Voiceovers. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I do all kinds. I'm telling you, I love it because I do so much. I mm -hmm. love it. I love it. So Lift Them Up Productions is my is is definitely my baby. And my ex-husband named it. He hmm. named it. He was the one who said, you know what? You need to call this Lift Him Up Productions. And lifting him up is lifting um, the God that I serve, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, up in the production. So any production you do, you're lifting him up. So, yeah. And I also found uh, that you, you counsel and mentor all the way up to NFL and NBA and college athletes. Now, you just spoke about mm -hmm. some pro bono um, stuff, which, you know, for those of you who don't know what that means, it means free. You, uh, you have some people that you help because that's who you are. Mm -hmm. And all the way mm -hmm. up to professional NFL and NBA yes, um, I do. athletes. So mm -hmm. uh, wherever you are, you know, in that scale as our listener, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You, you can reach out to, to Shell and say, hey, this is this is who I am. I need help. And we just got, I just got named a mental health hero by Kevin Love. I and can definitely, Kevin, I can definitely attest to that. You are definitely a hero. I love that. <laughs> like I was Kevin so Love. Like, wow, thank you. So yeah, that was, man, that was such an honor. Such an honor. Such an honor. So I just thanked Kevin Love from, he's one of the basketball, NBA black basketball players for Cavaliers. Uh, yeah. Kevin, I'm sorry, I know who he is. Some people may not right, know right. who he is. I, and I thought about it. I need to tell other people who this man is. You know? Yes, K-Love, not K-Heart. That's a different Kevin. Mm -hmm. It's K-Love. <laughs> a lot taller, a little thinner, a lot lighter. Look, K-Heart needs to see me too, so. Don't. <laughs> nah, you ain't go, uh-uh, not with you today. Uh-uh, <laughs> talking schmack, that's my job. That's... Okay. So, <laughs> um, you, you've talked about how a lot of your connections led to some great moments of success. You've had some mm -hmm. great wins. Tell us about some big losses that you've had to push through and how you got through those. Man, I've had, a, and to be honest with you, sometimes I feel like I've had more losses than wins. Um, wow. One is, especially when I started my practice, you know, your mindset is everybody knows you, everybody's going to come. No, I sat for a year and a half. Nobody coming in my office. Nobody mm. called. Nobody. Mm. Nobody. I got depressed mm. until one of my colleagues called me and she said, listen, God, and that's why I said you, you surround yourself with some good people. Mm -hmm. She said, God told me to get, tell you to get up because I stopped going to work. I stopped mm -hmm. going. And she said to get up, get dressed like you got a client every single day. And that's what he wants you to do. Mm -hmm. And I got up and got dressed every single day. And it was like the, tr oh my God, it was so like, come on. It's daunting. Call you know, just call me. And then I had to go to meetings and I didn't even want to sit at the table around these people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dang, I don't want to do that. So that for a year and a half, my flow wasn't flowing. Hmm. Um, in that arena um, with, 
a lot of things that was happening, even I had got hooked up with the individual and found out that um, she was stealing money from me, mm. even practice. And I was like, man, I ain't got no money as it is, but it wasn't, stuff wasn't adding up right. And I'm like, I'm not stupid. Mm. So I had some serious downfalls going through there. Mm. Um, and when it did, when the Lord started opening up those doors for me, it was a trickle effect. It wasn't no poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't mm-hmm. a poor. I said, believe me, it wasn't a poor. It was one at a time and one here and one there. And I was like, okay, I had enough. Um, I think the other part too is that I still had children to take care of. Mm -hmm. So my biggest thing was I was missing out on some events that they were having at school Mm -hmm. because I was trying to make this work. Because in my mind, I said, if I can get this working, then the kids wouldn't have to worry about nothing, right? Mm -hmm. No, it didn't work that way. I needed, I couldn't be at two places at one time. So some things I didn't, I wasn't able to go to and my mother had to sit in for me. I had to have my sister or my mother sit in for me for my children. Right. So some, I've had people call me some mean names um, and and make it seem like you're not relevant because they know you. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, I do. And some of those people were church folk and I call them church folk, not kingdom folk, but church mm-hmm. folk um, and church folk. Some of them wasn't even recognizing that I was a licensed therapist, that I went to school for this, that mm-hmm. uh, I, here I am. You know what I'm saying? They wouldn't, they wouldn't even acknowledge it. They and that, that is that, you know, that is, uh, that is more common then people really realize it uh, because, you know, I was a business owner when I started my business uh, in most of marketing. Everybody was all supportive as a cop in uniform because that's a job. But they said, if you want to find out who your friends are, start a business. Uh, yeah, just because y'all <laughs> sit next to each other every Sunday and every Saturday night in church does not mean they're going to believe you when you say, I'm a professional. I'm a business owner. Not at all. And you know, that was something that hurt me because they would in church, people would stand up and talk about mental health and stuff like that. They had no kind of background in it. And here I am sitting in the congregation, like, am I chopped liver? You know, what I'm <laughs> I, I would look around. I tell my kids, and I'm like, we'd be sitting there and they're like, what the fuck is going on? How come they ain't mentioning you? Because at that, and they probably still don't see that I'm relevant, but I am relevant. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm relevant to those that I need to be relevant to. And that makes me different than other folk. Mm-hmm. Because you look for people in your spiritual life to support you the more. Mm-hmm. But honey, it's almost like that one saying that Sinatra said, if I can make it in New York, I can make it anywhere. Mm-hmm. If you can make it through church folk, you can make it through anything. <laughs> that part, that part, um, you know, and it's just, that's why I say like, this is definitely the right place for me being in this podcast situation and being able to bring situations like this to, to the world because these real experiences, man, um, mm-hmm. like I didn't get married till I was 42. Now like I said, I've been working for the city, saving lives since I was 16. I Please, you know, for those who have been lifeguards, no lifeguards, please do not 
um, take that title lightly. It really is a lifeguard. And people put their eight-year-old children's lives in your hands in a million gallons of water and expect for them to come home. So mm. from the age of 16, I worked for the city. And then, you know, I was a first responder as a street cop. And then in, I was a traffic cop for three of those years. And then I was a crime scene investigator, you know, putting together homicide cases and rape cases. And I testified in two capital murder trials. And they saw me all over TV and all this other stuff. And then when I got married, oh, he too young. He, he just wants you for your money. He, he, look, he look gay. He, yeah, he was gay. He was and I said, well, I certainly appreciate all y'all confidence in my decision-making abilities. It's not like right. I had. I was responsible for <laughs> folks' lives for 30 years or nothing like that. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. And then, you know, until this day, um, and even once I wrote my book and I published a book that I had some of those family members to, like, really turn on me. And my family is divided to this day. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have one sister want to sue, one sister's proud. And the sister that wants to sue had several aunts and cousins, my mama's sisters and brothers, uh, sisters, rather, and on her side. And so, yeah, to this day, I ain't heard from none of them since. But uh, one thing that I had to reflect on is the people that came with you where you are are not necessarily fit to go with you where you going (laughs) where you going so i had to draw a line through that page in my book where i wrote that i was going to take care of all these aunts and cousins and stuff like that yeah we did when i get to where i'm going so that's all but you got to be ready to cut some folks loose you got to you got to you cannot take them with you and that's something that i had when you talk about a downfall that's something I had to learn, but not only learn, but that's something I had to practice mm-hmm. because it's too easy to go back to. It's too easy to go back to say, well, I give them another shot. Well, mm-hmm. I do this. No, no. When, when God says cut them off, he mm-hmm. cut, done. You're done. Mm-hmm. You're done. When people I, show you who they are, believe them. Believe them. <laughs> believe them. Yeah. Um, give us a glimpse into your daily routine. You said you had to change some stuff. And um, you mentioned getting up and going to work. Now, you work from home. Were you working mm-hmm. from home then when you first started your business? No, 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 no. How long before you, you transitioned? Say that again. How long until you transitioned to work from home? COVID. Okay. COVID. COVID. But here's the thing. If I had my one girl, Shantae Break. Hey girl, I kept telling her I wanted to do, I wanted to do working from home, working from home years ago before this COVID. Mm-hmm. And I, this is where we're going. Technology is going to catch up where people can either have a choice of whether to see you or just do this, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, when I transitioned work from home, it was easy for me. It was easy for me, um, but I did lose clients because mm-hmm. some of the clients didn't have to, I lost over 22 clients, I counted, 22. And then when you add that money up, it was over 40 something thousand dollars lost, Ooh, lost in a month, in a month. Ow. Yeah. So a lot of people didn't have, they didn't have the technology. Mm-hmm. They don't have smartphones. They were still doing Obama phones. They were still, they didn't have, yeah, I have clients that, you know, were still doing Obama phones and still, you know, it is what it is. So I lost a lot of clients. Mm. I really, yeah. 
So that's my transition. I transitioned with COVID. Okay. Yeah, a lot of us did. Um, yeah. Seemed like my whole. Well, I was on. I was on my way out here anyway because of the loss of my husband, um, and you know, dealing with my PTSD and anxiety. I said, I'm going to live in paradise in heaven on this earth before you know, heaven lasts always. No, let's start it now, then. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, three, four months in, all of a sudden, the world fell out, and I'm working from home. Yeah. So um, now with the transition, networking tips, how do you get to meet new people now? Well, there's so much that is going on online. And they're doing a lot of trainings and stuff online. They're doing a lot of Zoom calls and things of that sort. So for me... I'm still looking at trainings. I still do trainings all the time, do my CEUs, and I'm able to connect with other people, um, not just in Ohio, but around the world. Mm -hmm. So that's a good networking. That's To me, I think that is like so powerful now because they give you tips. They give right. you so much. Um, you're able to get so much from these people now because beforehand, think about it, beforehand, when you did your trainings, you had to go to the place. Mm -hmm. The institution, okay? Mm -hmm. That institution could have been uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, mm -hmm. or, or Tennessee to get this stuff. Now you ain't got to do that. Mm -hmm. Click on a button and you're in. You're in. And that's what people aren't seeing too. Guess what? I don't have to pay, pay for plane ticket to get to Texas now. All I got to mm -hmm. do is just pay money and I'm in Texas. True so, that. You know what I'm saying? So my networking is even better now than it has been because I'm not, watch this, because I'm not just networking with the people that are around me in my neighborhood now. Right. Now I'm able to think outside the box and deal with people outside the box of my neighborhood. Because <laughs> remember, part. think about that. Because remember, like I said, the trainings, you you would try to get trainings that was in your neighborhood. You know, you, the furthest you go is Akron. Then or, you go your budget. Then, you know, then hello. you got to... <laughs> Hello, you got to clear your schedule. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and see, now you don't have to do that. And now it helps me to be a well-rounded person because now I'm like, oh, okay, let me get that number. I'll get on the chat and say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute or see how you're doing? Um, you know, friend me on LinkedIn, friend me on LinkedIn. So, mm -hmm. lot, yeah. And that word, that's words wise there, if y'all have any sense at all, friend her on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Shell, S-H-E-L-L-E, Mathis, M-A-T-H-I-S, on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And there will also be a link on the website, um, on uh, my blog talk platform to your.com. Shelly okay. M. Mathis. Elemental P LLC, how y'all doing <laughs> ministries dot <laughs> com. This is super long. <laughs> okay, uh, real quick, now that now that you are in the home, give us a glimpse of your daily routine and do you have a pump up song? Oh wow. Okay. Daily routine. Um, my pump up songs are are uh, uh, I have a array of people like mm -hmm. Fred and um isaiah temple templeton i have um kevin um kevin gatlin and all these different ones but my main person that gets me going my main one is fred now mm. you know when i was i said i was gonna marry me some fred hammond dag 
but he gets me going. That right there, that man gets me going. Um, and my daily routine is basically getting up, showering, getting myself together, and then I get my coffee. I do sit for a minute and meditate. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm on the prayer line with my apostle, Apostle Merkling Sampson, mm-hmm. every every morning on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and every evening for seven days out the week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I'm ending my day, I end my day with my prayer, mm-hmm. with my with with the prayer line. So in between, yeah, I got clients. Yeah, I got this happening, that happening. I'm in my bedroom. Um, sometimes I'm in my living room just to get me going and sometimes what i have to do too and and this is necessary for me to say is that once i have a client and at the end of that client i walk outside i take a breather Mm -hmm. i have to walk outside and my kids will tell you she gone for a walk or my (laughs) school which is not with me at this moment this put up i got my bike back out and i got my scooter and i'll get on my scooter for 10 minutes and ride down and then come on around because sometimes you have to free your mind yes you know, you got to free your mind and the rest will follow. Yeah, you got to free your mind. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, that's, that's my- a little, um, a sp- what was that? free your mind. Uh, not grapevine. Uh, uh, invoke. Yes, invoke. Invoke. That's invoke. Yes, rest- yes reference. <laughs> meditation. How important is meditation? We I talked about this on another, on a couple of shows with people, and a lot of the business owners, they, and they all throw this out there that I take a minute to meditate. About how big is that time frame and how important is that? Um, my meditation can go from five minutes to 30 minutes to about 40 minutes. And my meditation um, is very big because I have to remind myself why I'm here mm-hmm. and who I belong to. So sometimes my meditation is just reading and pulling out a scripture on Psalms 23. Mm-hmm. And Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Mm-hmm. Come on. I need to know because that particular passage, that particular song tells you who's in control. Mm-hmm. He made it me to lie down in green pasture. He leaded me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He, mm-hmm. you know, it's him that's doing it, not Shelly. So that mm-hmm. puts me in the frame that I'm not my own. He doing it. And mm-hmm. I need he to keep on doing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was good. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, um, and I think meditation is very important because it centers you. It gets you grounded. It gets you centered on mm-hmm. your day. You're not, you're not worried about the bill and this and that. And that. You are centered on mindfulness. Is mm-hmm. mindfulness. mindfulness, you're right there. Mm-hmm. You're, it, is, it is right there. What is in front of me is what I need to deal with today. Mm-hmm. And I need to be mindful that we're in this time. Right. I can't worry about what happened yesterday. Can't worry about what's getting ready to happen this weekend. Right now, today is all I need to deal with. That part. So I, think it's, I think it's very important for everyone to to do that, to get their mind back to a place and restore right. your mind daily and at night as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, in the mornings, that's that's my routine. You know, I get up in the morning. The first thing I do is brush my teeth because. I can't stand my mouth and (laughs) that wakes me up and you know I take my shower and do my hair and get dressed like I'm leaving going to work but Mm -hmm. I'm at my dining room table you know and I've worked from home since I retired in 2010 over 11 years now but Mm. uh, you know I do the same thing I make my tea my spark tea um, which is a 
I got to hip you on to that, too. I'm going to send you that link. Spark is it's through Advocare, and it is allowed. It's one of the supplements that's allowed in NFL locker rooms and in children's locker rooms. It's actually safe for kids. But it's got over 20 vitamins and minerals and aminos for mental focus. Mm. And, uh, it was referred to me. Um, you know, I was in a car accident in, 20, uh, in 2001. Um, and put my head through the windshield. I actually lost my memory for two years. I don't know if I told you about that. No, you didn't. Yes, and um, even though I did go back to work after that as a crime scene investigator, uh, police work is protocol. It's, it's, you know, one, two, three, A, B, C, and you just it's, it varies with how you, you know, approach it, but there's still, you know, that protocol. I had issues with dealing with life at home because life at home, you have to make up, and so... But I, because I was so dead focused as a crime scene investigator to prove that I, I, I can still do the job, I, like you said, I overachieved and wound up, you know, becoming the best at, you know, oh, they were going to call Detective Jennings. Okay. I was just trying to be good and y'all tell me I'm the best. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that meditation helped. And then uh, when I met, my late husband, David, um, he was very big into organics and, and um, you know, was vegan and stuff like that. And he recommended that spark. By the third day, I was remembering lost appointments wow. and focus. And I have been drinking two cups a day just about ever since. So I will send y'all the, I will send you the link. And for my listeners, it is on the Follow Black Dollars uh, website. Y'all will find that there. So, okay. um, but in the, in the mornings I start with, you know, my tea and I walk out in the garden and in my yard and remember that I am here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Today is my day. I'm, I live here in Hawaii. Whatever happened yesterday, I am here. Whatever's going to happen later on today, I'll get to, but right now. I am here, and then I and I also take a minute to meditate on what I what I would love for my life to evolve into, what my <laughs> ideal and perfect life. Because, like you said, what you think about you bring about. But at at the end of the day, um, I gotta let I, you know, interviewing people like you, and I talk to other people, and I have uh, some of my old uh, my mentees that call me about their issues too. And I have grandkids, and they're, they're graduating. My granddaughter's going to prom mm-hmm. right now. Um, but the uh, same thing. I let that go. And I'll put on some wildlife uh, videos mm-hmm. or a, um, an audio, uh, me- mm-hmm. a guided meditation audio, or mm-hmm. a ch- anything to just get my mind off of what happened today. I'll start over tomorrow. So that is... It's so tantamount, and I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, what are some personal areas you still need work? Because, you know, we all think that it's all great, but some of us don't admit that we still need help in some areas. I think for me is um, I have to be careful with giving a lot of people the benefit of the doubt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I said it. Um, and that's a practice that I really need to start practicing. I really do. You asked me, I told you. That, so, um, you want to elaborate on that a little do bit? I have, look, do I have? <laughs> you ain't got to do nothing. 
I really have to elaborate on that. I'm thinking saying it for itself. You yeah. know, you think it, you thinking that this person or this individual or whomever is going to do what they say they're going they to say do. what they do and do what they say. Girl, girl, <laughs> okay. And then they don't do it. But then you the dummy to keep giving them the benefit of the doubt that okay, let's give them another shot. Let's give them another shot. And I'm wasting time. Mm. I'm wasting so for me, I need to work on that. I really need to work on letting that go. Once you didn't do it, I need to be like, see you. Uh, on believing that person when they tried to show you <laughs> and who Hello. they was. <laughs> Hello. Girl. Okay, I'm going to drink. Okay, um, and let's move in right along. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, just for fun, we you know we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. But just for fun, is the current position, your current occupation, what you thought you would be doing as a kid? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you not think you'd be doing? Being a teacher. Hmm. Being a teacher, and I'm somewhat in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to come home because I loved school and I used to come home at five and six years old and set my school up in, upstairs and I would teach again what the teacher has taught me mm-hmm. and I would teach them my homework and I'd have my make-believe people and I knew right then and there when I started growing up because I still kept that mentality of teaching I knew right then and there I was going to be teaching mm-hmm. and I think it, 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 I thought I was going to be a teacher teacher right but the teaching is helping people to get out of their limited beliefs, yeah. you know, teaching them how to. So, and I train, I'm a trainer. I, I do facilitating. I do so much. You know what I'm saying? I do groups. I do so much that it's, yeah. te- it's all teaching, but I thought it was going to be a quote unquote teacher. In a classroom. No, instead was- you are doing workshops and seminars yeah. Yeah. and the teaching that you're doing and helping people to get past limiting beliefs and coping skills is so expansive it's not like teaching math or or just teaching social studies um because that just translates into every area of life you know and coping with marriage and coping with children Mm -hmm. and coping with job skills and covid and all these other things so i appreciate um you know, appreciate what you do so much. And I'm so excited about our collaboration. Yeah. And I'm, I'm listening, you know, as you're talking about all the things that you do and considering, you know, the, the things that I put in the book, like I, um, I'm speechless. I'm really baffled at mm-hmm. how I wound up being a part mm-hmm. of what it is that you're doing. I got a GED, certainly not a master's degree. <laughs> Girl, look, that just goes to show you God ain't caring about that. You're an awesome writer. And I like how you write. You write from your heart. You write what you say. How you talk is how you write. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's simple. I had a, um, it was another reason why, you know, I, I had to get out of uh, the Cleveland area and Ohio areas because, you know, I was a crime scene investigator and I put people away for some very heinous crimes um, and even before as a first responder making arrests and stuff like that well I have run into some people that have been in and served their time and out 
I've run into them at the park. Um, mm-hmm. And I still look the same. I've had private investigators show up at my door. I've had family of you know people that have been in prison you know call me and they want me to testify as character witness you've seen those old shows where the the new detective shows up at the retired detective's house and the pi real that's all real that's all that happened to me so i had this i had this private eye contact me and um, the only reason why I didn't hang up on her right away is because it was a sister, and I had never had a, a, <laughs> a black woman as a private investigator uh, to contact me. I'm like, okay, well, I will give you a hot second. What you got to say? And Ooh. she says, um, it, was, it was a situation where uh, someone I knew had killed someone, and um, I, I knew his history. I knew the history of the situation. I did not agree with the, the 245 slugs that he put in his chest, but I knew the whole story and I, I understood it. And so at that time, I was an active officer and, you know, police officers testify for the prosecution. So um, in order to say anything on the defense side, I would have needed permission from my job mm-hmm. all the way up to the safety director, which I was not about to put my neck on the line for. I know that's what I was allowed to do was type out my statement and type my name, but I was not allowed to sign it. Ooh. So here, 18 years later, and that's just to get the information down on paper so that it's, you know, it's written in stone. 18 years later, I was contacted by this PI and in giving her the second, she says, I found, I found something that has your name on it. And if you will allow me to read you a little bit of it um, to see if this was actually you that wrote this statement, would you agree to meet me and maybe sign that, you know, uh, testify that you wrote the statement? And I could have very easily denied, declined, whatever, because it's just typed print on a black and white sheet of paper. And she got half a paragraph into that girl. I had to put my hand, my forehead in my hand. I said, <laughs> You knew it was you. You knew it was you. I knew it was me. Because I, I talk, I type like I talk. And, you know, understand that as a crime scene investigator, um, you have to be able to put on paper, you know, because let's like, say, Long after I'm dead, new evidence comes up in the case. They have to be able to pull my reports, pull my evidence, and reconstruct a crime scene based on my report. And if I get it wrong, I can send an innocent man to prison or I can let a guilty man go free. So that is, you know, that's why my writing paints paints such a picture. Girl, I I said, all right, I'll meet you. I had to sign, she said, and she applauded me for, you know, being honest about the fact that, that yeah, this was me. But I say anything I say once, I can say twice, honey. I know that's right. I I, know that. I'm grown and on my own. And if I said it and it hurt your feelings, it's probably because I was right again. I know. <laughs> if, you could, if you could sit on a park bench for an hour and talk to anybody, past or present, who would it be and why? You said past or present? Past or present. I think if I could sit on the park bench and talk to anyone, it probably would be Cicely Tyson. Hmm. Yeah. She is one of my, she is my favorite actress, period. Mm -hmm. 
um, I have her book and some of the things as, as an activist in her acting, I would love to mm. hear stories. I would love to hear how they dogged her, you mm -hmm. know, and Hollywood, you know, was Hollywood and how her marriage to Miles Davis, how mm. did that all happen? I mean, you know, what, what was some of the things that, that she encountered as a black female, mm. you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, Cicely was black. Her skin color was black. Mm -hmm. it wasn't purple or anything, it was black. Mm -hmm. And so talked about some of the doors that have been shut in her life and so forth. So if I was to talk to her, I would want to know all of that. I need to know all that, you mm. know, because it'll help me better as a writer, as a person, when I am giving information to people, how to talk to folks and how to understand people. That's who I would talk with is Cicely. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I um, uh, when I one of her one one of the lines that she, um, sh which movie was that? Uh, it was one of Tyler Perry's Medea mm -hmm. movies, mm -hmm. and she was uh, talking about her marriage. The, family, uh, family uh, that prays. Uh, family no, prays uh, again. Um, Medea's family reunion. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. Now, mm -hmm. now there, there, there's, there's a lot of iconic scenes, like you know, with her and Maya Angelou on the back porch when she was talking about how yeah. we gyrating and grinding together, yeah. and, and you know, yeah. in the slam. But yeah. this particular, uh, this particular scene, um, I, I, it resonated with me so much because she was talking to the young ladies that were the young lady was about to get married to this abusive person, and they were at the yeah. kitchen table, and she was talking about what. A love and connection is and um, she was referring to her late husband that when she laid on his chest she Come noticed on. that their heartbeats were the same rhythm yes. and it it was it has been there were several times you know during you know, when I first saw that movie it was before I got married and then I remember being with my husband and being able to say my husband and laying on his chest and listening to his heartbeat. <laughs> and that whole scene played in my head. I said, this is what she was talking about. When our hearts beat as one and I felt like the safest woman on the planet in my, in my bedroom, in my bed, in my man's arms. The Come world on. could fall apart, and okay. we is safe. Yes, okay. yeah. yeah. You know, I get so many different answers to that question. It's always amazing at the uh, the array of answers and who and why. You know, I love it. so yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so uh, okay, we're gonna get out of here, but before we go, give our listeners three tips on. Um, hmm, you got so many different areas on dealing with coping on coping skills. Uh, tell me on coping skills for anxiety, depression. What you talking? About? <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm right. Okay, psychoanalyst, got it. I just <laughs> asked. I just asked the psychologist to <laughs> I just asked the psychologist this opening the statement. Um, uh, dealer's choice. Oh, you are funny. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna give you um, coping skills on anxiety. How about that? Phenomenal. Okay. Number one, the first thing is to know that if you are being anxious, 
to identify what triggered you. Mm-hmm. Who, what, when, where, how? Um, did you step into a room? Was it a commercial? Was it this or was it the color or whatever? It's for you to be your own investigator. That's mm. number one. Number two, once you've investigated that trigger or what happened to you, then what you have to do is you have to understand and know that it's not happening now. Mm. Okay. It's not happening now. Okay. Because anxiety is can be a loss of control and you have control. And mm-hmm. that's the third you have control to come back to the reality you left. Mm. You have control to come back to the reality that you left. Mm. Um, and lose the reality. Um, and I say the reality is because some people can't control their anxiety and they have panic attacks and mm-hmm. fear, all this other stuff. You have control to come back to the reality you left. Mm. And that is to understand it's it's not happening right now. Wow. I feel it, but it's not happening right now. I think that would be good. Yeah. Um, and like I, um, that is so on point. I did a show earlier this year that is available on blog talk called triggers mm. and where the, uh, young lady, um, my interviewee, Sadika Hennigan has a, page on Facebook called PTSD triggers. She Mm. is a combat vet. Uh, She was a combat, um, uh, surgeon's assistant. She was a medical assistant in surgery for combat vets and dealt with a lot of that herself. So, uh, she has that page available and I'll connect you to her name is Sadiqa S I D D I Q A H. Okay. Mm-hmm. PTSD Nation on Facebook. Okay. Uh, she talks about triggers, and that is that is so valuable to understand that what triggered you, and understand that it is not happening right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, uh, Shelly. So, um, I appreciate you so much coming on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, folks can find you on LinkedIn. Super easy. Put Shell Mathis in Auntie Google, and she'll tell you all about how to get in contact with Shell uh, and the the workbook "How to Get Your Own Damn Fish." I know that's right. Will be available on Amazon in a few days, but uh, it is a it is a a workbook that. Uh, yes, you can use on your own, but to help you get through those steps, you really need to have someone, you know, go through those modules with you. And that is what um, Shell offers. Um, mm-hmm. And then there will be the <laughs> incentives. We are getting that charm. Um, I'm looking to get them in uh, either white gold, mm-hmm. sterling silver. Uh, some special folks might get a platinum one we'll see you know how that goes yeah so, yeah we are definitely looking for uh some areas to get that uh, that charm made so uh, i thank you i love you. you i love you so much girl thank you so much for having me on your show it is wonderful Absolutely. and kudos to you for all the work that you're doing and god is going to open up more doors for you to do the work so i'm excited I'm open excited. it up <laughs> all right I am so, I am so, okay. 
I will talk to you later and we'll see you guys on our next episode of Now What? Real Talk with Nicole. Every day in every way we are getting better and better. Peace and love. <laughs>